Hello, this is Rabbi Marcus Rubenstein with the Daily Life of a Jewish Mystic. I am so excited to be with you again and learn one more time this week before Shabbat. I'm going to try to do this, we'll see how long it lasts, of try to teach some Reshit Chochmah of this wonderful Kabbalistic Sefer we're learning, um, and specifically learn about the attribute of love of God right before Shabbos. Just 20 minutes, a little bit of about love of God, and this is kind of how we're going to do it. We're going to first go through the introduction in the beginning of the week, but we'll finish that eventually. And we'll keep flipping back. In the beginning of the week, we'll learn more about Yirat Hashem, awe of God, or fear of God. And in the end of the week, we'll learn about love of God, which the Kabbalists will always, the, the, especially the Tikkunim, a uh, certain section of the Zohar, constantly talks about is the two sides of the coins of our, two side of the coin, of two sides of the coin with our relationship with God. Fear, or awe, and love. Right? We have both. And uh, so we're going to learn about both of those each week so we don't uh, fall too much into one side or the other and we keep really live balanced, balanced lives. Uh, but, but today we're certainly going to learn about love. Uh, with Shabbos, it's a very good thing, especially when we walk into Shabbat this Friday night. And every Friday night, we really concentrate on this attribute of love, of, of really getting joy out of the mitzvot we do uh, and really doing that uh, very and, and being very, very serious about that. Um, that we enjoy doing our mitzvah, that we're supposed to have simcha, from, uh, uh, happiness from what we do, and, and that being close to God is truly a joy, and to really connect to that before Shabbos. Because, of course, there's a specific mitzvah on Shabbat to have oneg Shabbos, to have pleasure for Shabbat, and that it's actually a mitzvah to have a, have a, have be joyous and have pleasure on Shabbat, and really connect that to, to the godliness that is found throughout the world. So we're going to begin our learning about love of God today um, from the second section of Rashid Chochmah today. He writes, right? He writes that our love, uh, the, the, the service of our love is commanded many times in the Torah, especially in Deuteronomy, in what is the sages called the Mishnah Torah, right? Which was the sages' nickname for the book of the fifth book of the Torah, Deuteronomy, uh, the rep- which literally means the repetition of the Torah, because much is repeated in Deuteronomy, especially in the uh, first uh, chapters. Uh, and so we see that the mitzvah of love is given over many, many times. And, and this is going to be important. He calls love a service or work, which I really love. Uh, both Yirah is also a service as well, working to be in fear and awe of God at all times. But but so too is love work. And and now society is, is kind of finally understanding this. Like love is not just a feeling. But love is something that needs to be worked on uh, in any relationship. And certainly with God, too, uh, we can have feelings of love, uh, but to make that part of every action we do in the way we live our lives, that's what Rejit Hoffman is going to be about. He writes, So there's a, there's a verse in Deuteronomy, now Israel, what, now, Israel, what does God demand of you but to be in fear slash awe of him? To be and to love God, to cling to Him. All right, that's one time when it's mentioned, and of course, Yira is mentioned in the same sentence. So this, and it's always it's it's like this very common that awe and love are are mentioned together, and of course, that's where the great mystics draw that there are two sides of the same coin. Uh, and we'll talk about that as we as we keep going. You'll just see that through listening to these these lessons here. But of course, the main one here 
is the Shema, is the most important prayer in Judaism. And that's what he writes here, in Baparshat Shema, right? In, in the Shema, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. The first sentence is, Hero Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. The first um, part about loving, very important, is just understanding that that, that that thing that we're trying to love is and exists and is something and is something completely unique which comes along by saying not that just God is number is, is one in number but that God therefore that God is is completely unique from anything else that we understand and anything that we love comes first with an understanding and consent that that thing is unique and completely different and to to understand and cognize that that thing we're loving is is something unique that's something standing in front of us that we can never completely understand right this is a uh, very uh, much from Levinas, Emmanuel Levinas, that famous philosopher of the 20th century, that when we come in contact with the other, we're contacting, we're coming into contact with something completely infinite, uh, and and in some some ways something that we just can't understand, we can only experience. And that there there we have a little bit of Martin Buber's philosophy there. So that is the first thing step in in, in loving God is to say Shema Yisrael, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lokeinu Hashem Echad, that God is one, that God is our God, right. It's it, that we actually take that upon ourselves, that that's my God, right? That's going to be my God. And then, of course, it goes into the Ve'ahavta, right? The first Ve'ahavta means, and you shall love, ahava, Ve'ahavta, right? And so immediately, the first thing that it goes into after understanding that God is one is the the, the prayer says, Ve'ahavta et Hashem Elokecha, right? That you should love the Lord your God and you should serve him with all your heart and soul. Right, and we're supposed to say this twice a day. We're supposed to say this in the morning. We're supposed to say Shema, and at the at night we're supposed to say Shema. And the major theme that we see immediately addressed after believing that God is one and that God is unique, is that we we are to love that God and work hard, la'avda. Right, we're supposed to serve Him in that love and find joy through that love. So there was a famous halachic sefer, a very early halachic sefer. Um, halacha means Jewish law, so a, a very early book on Jewish law called the Smog or the Sefer Mitzvot Hakadol, from Moshe Mekotzi, from Moses from Kotzi. Um, and he writes the first mitzvah he gives over is the mitzvah of to love to love the Lord your God. Now, not everybody picks that like Rambam's famous mitzvah is not to love the Lord your God that's not his first mitzvah it's just to know that there is a God right to, to believe in God right at that point but for at least for Moshe Bumakotzi it seems from from Rashid Chochma that he's citing this as the first mitzvah of the Sefer which is important and this is his line this is what he writes because this portion was so pleasant before God that God really enjoyed hearing this that God had nachas and it's going to be a big concept that God actually enjoys the things we do in this world, God gets gains enjoyment from what we do. It's the key to our awe or our religious life. That in the unity of God, with recognizing the fact that God is in unity, there's also a commandment, there's an azhara, a warning or a, a, a piece of advice that's given that therefore you should love that name, with all that, that God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Right? So that's, he, he sees them as connected. Right? The second you offer God's unity, within that mitzvah is the mitzvah to love, love your God. And that's what we explained before in the Shema. 
So we keep going here, and he writes, V'kol ha-Torah kula klula bazeh, that all of the Torah is included in this, in recognizing God's unity and uniqueness, and then therefore loving that uniqueness. By finding God's uniqueness, we therefore find God's love, that we see that God is completely unique, and we get enchanted by that, we love uh, that. And so what he says is all the Torah is included in this, right? The, the whole entire Torah is included, um, stands on this principle of loving God. Kimish ohevet amelech, who that loves the king, kol machshavotav lasotatov who that loves the king, all his thoughts are united to do good, to what is good and straight and just in his eyes, right? If you love God, according to Rabbi Moshe Baparzi, uh Makotzi, that you'll do, um, you'll you'll do what is good and what is straight in God's eyes. I mean, this is important because with Judaism, love is is never just a feeling. Love always the feeling of love always and 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 being able to recognize loving love in one's heart always connects to one's actions and doing what is just and good in God's eyes. And here we're getting to I think the really I thought this was really cool, um, and I really want to give this over to you here. So. He then writes, Therefore, God commands us and God tells us, gives us the advice here to have five um, reminders every day of this, the coreness of this loving of God, to remind ourselves to love God and to include that in our relationship in our lives. And he's going to list them here. Right? So he writes, the first one, is the Shema itself, right? When are we commanded to say the Shema? The first one is in the morning, and the second is at night. So we're commanded to say it twice. So therefore, that's two times, right? So two times we at least say, remind yourselves to love God through saying the Shema and the Ve'ahavta, right? So at least we have two times. And then he goes on, he says, Shlishi, that this portion is actually written um, next to your heart. Right, so what is this? And and people actually don't realize this a lot. This is I I've been learning about this uh, lately. Uh, he's referring to tefillin here, and just in case we don't know what tefillin is, tefillin are, are leather straps we strap around our arms and our necks with verses from the Torah in boxes to fulfill the commandment of Torah that we should um, inscribe them between our eyes and on our arms. Um, the essence, according to the Torah, according to the rabbis, obviously there's one tefillin that gets put like right over here and on our foreheads. And that is about that in our heads, intellectually, we should understand God. We should, we should love God and be committed to God, right? The point of putting tefillin is reminders to actually change the way we think about our reality. And so that goes in our head. And usually what we say is the, the hand tefillin, which goes on our shoulder, it's usually on our left shoulder, if you're not, if you're in the podcast, you don't see me, but I'm holding up my left arm, right? Um, and it goes right there. And so people usually say the arm to fill in is about, you know, our physical actions. And it beautifully, I think it, it is beautiful in some sense that it's connecting the head to the, the one's intellect to how one behaves in this world and how one acts. And that's why we put to fill in both on our head and our arm. And that both of them should be reminded, right? That our head should be connected to our actions, which I just spoke about. Beautiful. But the rabbis don't necessarily see it that way. And we see this in Moshe Makotzi here. He says in the smog, 
in the Sefer Mitzvah Gadol, he says that, that specifically the arm tefillin is related to the heart. Because if you actually know where the it needs to be on our left side near our heart, at least for right-handed people, then otherwise, and if you're left-handed, it actually goes on your right side. Uh, but regardless, on e either side, it's pointed towards your heart, right? So if I have my tefillin and the box is here, it's pointed towards my heart, right? If I put my arm down, then the tefillin points, points towards my heart. And so according to the rabbis here, what this really is about is connecting the heart to the mind that the, one's heart should feel love of God and also should intellectualize love of God. And that's what he's going to say here. So, what's in the box, by the way, is it has the Ve'ahamta in it, the, at least the first and the second paragraph, because it represents, basically, the verses of Torah that are in Tefillin, there are four verses, and each of the verses uh, always, each of the verses actually command the mitzvah of Tefillin. That's, so, we just put the verses in our, in our Tefillin that commands the verses of Tefillin. It happens to be that Ve'ahavta and Vahaya Im Shemoa, the two paragraphs of the three paragraphs of the Ve'ahavta prayer, happen to be two of those two of those paragraphs. Um, so they're both in there. So it's another time when we remind ourselves to love the Lord your God when we put on Tefillin at least once a day, right? We that's so that's our third reminder. So he continues on, and he says the fourth reminder here. Right? So he says the fourth reminder is the, the tefillin we put on our head. So it's not just the tefillin we put on our arm, but the tefillin we put on our head. That we should intellectually love God through our head tefillin, right? The one on our forehead. And that we should emotionally love God on our, or, or at least through our heart, our heart should feel love of God, in that one that's on our arm. And so that's now four reminders, four different reminders every day. And of course, what's the, the last the last reminder is uh, here. There's a little bit more I want to say about the head tefillin here that he says here. So tefillin shall rosh iu munachim alamoach shemukuvan keneged avir shebein einaim milamayla. Right. So it's the head tefillin is actually right above the eyes, right? Well, actually, more farther above the eyes, closer to your where your hairline ends. And it's above your eyes. And, and the essence of one's soul is there. This is a big mistake that a lot of people make. Um, you, a lot of times when the, the Torah says soul, they don't necessarily mean the way soul we think of. They actually just mean brain here, especially when they say nefesh, right? The brain, uh, it's, it's with our mind. And that's certainly what he means here. So he says, Right, and that's where man's mind is settled right there. Yishuv Sheldat. This is an important uh, word. We translate it as equanimity. You know, being you know, being okay with things and being able to stabilize yourself. And that's where the stabilizing power happens is in one's mind and one's ability to rationalize what's in front of them and being, being able to maintain a stable state of mind. And this all happens in the mind. This is why it's important that love be a reminder there that part of that equanimity, part of our natural state is going to be uh, trying to maintain a state of love of God. Uh, and and so finally, fifth, the last one, the last reminder we get every day is the Parsha in Meodecha, right? Uh, is, 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 I'm sorry, the, the last reminder is actually the Mizuzot, the Mizuzot that we put on our doorways, right? In the Mizuzot also, we have the first two paragraphs of the Shema written there because again, those are the first two paragraphs that are mentioned, bind them on the doorposts of your house. And so we also put up to fill in 
Um, and uh, hopefully we have at least one time when we, we see tefillin every day, we pass through a door, we see it, we might even see it multiple times. And each time we pass that door, we should remember that we're entering a place of love of God. We're, every you know possession, all, all uh, the thing that houses our possession, our house, the thing we live in, that should have mezuzah on it. And so it helps us remind us that this is a place of love of God. So he continues that that the Torah says that it should be placed on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That one's possessions is there. Right, the way that, that, that the Mikra writes it is first it talks about the heart and then it talks about the nefesh, and then it talks about one's money, one's possessions. And Right, so Vehavta et Hashem v'chol levavcha heart v'chol nafshecha soul, or in this, in, according to the Rishi Chochma and earlier authors, the mind, and then v'chol meodecha with all one's veriness, which at least Rashi and, and and the Midrash looks at as one's possessions that you need to love God with your possessions and the things you own, which is symbolized by your house and the mezuzah, right? That all these things, one's heart, one's mind, and one's possessions, um, we act with them through the lens of love of God. And that's what he's saying, that these things, we should remind ourselves at least five times a day to love the Lord your God. And that's that's the progress. First, we emotionally feel love, then we intellectualize that love, and then we actionize that love through our possessions and the things we own, right? That's what we do. Um, right, so then, okay, so... I want to just go into a little other part here. He goes on with Rishi Chachma here. Um, this beautiful Mase, and this is kind of the second part of what I want to talk about today. Of course, I only have a couple minutes. Everything always takes a little bit longer than I expect. But uh, I, I would like to, to, to bring this little story in because I just think it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful way uh, to, to, to remember Shabbat and, and to walk into Shabbat with. So he brings a story from a really a later midrash called Tana Devei Eliyahu, the teachings of the house of Eliyahu, very famous, um, really ethical midrash. It's something very nice to read through, very very inspiring midrash, um, legendary material and ethical interpretations of the Torah. And so he wrote, writes, Ma bein ahavat What is the difference between love and awe? Because we're studying both, so we should probably think about this. Like, what's the difference between a love of God? and awe slash fear of God. Of course, both are going to be important, but but here, we're going to see the difference. So he, he, he's going to bring an allegorical story. And what's the allegorical story? There is a servant who had two, there was a king, I'm sorry, who had two servants. There is one servant who loves the king and is also in awe and fear and has respect of, of him. And there's one servant of the king who does not love the king, but does have at least fear and respect and awe of that king. So the king goes overseas for a while, the king goes away for a while, is out of town. Right? The lover, the one who loves the king and is in awe and fear of him, Course, stands and plants gardens and orchards and takes care of the kingdom 
and all kinds of delights while the king is gone, right? The, the, the one who loves the king, loves God, doesn't go away, doesn't stop doing their duty when God goes away, right? They just keep doing what God, what would make God happy because they know that would make God happy, and that's what matters, right? Even though God's not there to, to, to punish them or do something wrong to them or they don't see God directly in front of their face, they know that this is what's going to make God happy when he returns and and, and even doing the action, even if God doesn't necessarily see it, at, or, or the king doesn't necessarily see it at this time, right, is, is making the servant happy and joyous to, to do what makes the king happy. And on the other hand, Hayar, Hayarev in Ohova, Yashav lo right, the, the one who's just in awe of him just sits there and does nothing, right, because the, the one who's in awe doesn't even know if the king is going to come back in the first place. Maybe the king's not going to come back, right, and, and you know, the king's not in front of him at, this, at least at this time, so you can forget about him, right? He doesn't feel that fear at that moment or that awe at that moment, so why? So, all of a sudden, the king shows back up. Right, the Medinatayam, and the king comes back from overseas. The king comes back and sees all the beautiful gardens. Sadar Right, he sees the lovers, the servant who loves God. All his beautiful gardens that he took care of. Right, and then the the lover comes to visit God and 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 visit the king. I keep saying God keeps visiting the king, and sees all of the, his gardens and all his delights that he planted, all his gifts, and God treasures them. God has them in front of them, him, and he loves the 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 lover because of this. And very important, that that. The, the servant's own um, opinion and own ideas are, here the actual definition is, is, is made cold, but really are pushed aside a little bit for the joy of God, right? That, that one's own mind and one's own desires are sort of pushed aside because we're just so happy that that, that, that servant is pushed aside because they're so happy because the king's happy. The king's happiness becomes the servant's happiness which is very important, that, and they're joined together by being joyous about the same things in this regard. And that's what it says here. But the, the, the one who's uh, in fear of God, or just in awe of God, and doesn't love him, when he goes to enter the king to his house, the king seems to have in front of him all of the destroyed things that were were organized for him while he was gone, right? The, 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 the one who just feared God didn't take care of the gardens. Uh... Uh, and so the, the, the one who was just in fear of God just gets really afraid because he sees that the king has all these things in front of him that are destroyed right that that he's again he's quoting a verse to um, as part of the story here um, and so Regardless, I want to just, before we end, I really want to just say with this story, obviously the king is God, as I hinted at a billion times throughout this, because I can't keep my mouth shut here, right? But the king is supposed to be God, and, and the Evid is supposed to be us, right? Two different ways in serving God. And of course, both servants are, are have respect and fear of God, right? And awe of God, right? Which is very important to be in awe of God's power and to understand that uh, this is something very important, right? That's something uh, essential in our lives and essential to the world. But on the other hand, there's only one servant who loves God. And, and what's different about the love of God, the one who loves God, is that when the king is away, 
right? The, the servant still wants to do God's will and still wants to do what God, makes God happy. And it ends up being for the one who loves God that God's joys and God's happinesses become their happinesses, right? If you just are in fear of God, and you're just doing God's will in a kind of this external way, or you're just in awe of God's power, so you're kind of forcing yourself to do it, right? You're, you're actually, your ideas, your God's view of life and God's vision does not become your vision of life. You, you don't actually become changed that way. You're just doing something out of fear. But if you love the Lord your God, if you do something out of love and do your actions out of love, even when you don't feel God close by, even when you're in, in, in the modern world, the modern way is even when you're having trouble with your belief, right? Sometimes we are in shaky foundations of faith. We don't always uh, have, you know, sometimes we believe in God a little less some days and certain days. We still have that love of God. We still feel that joy and we still feel that happiness towards God. And so we doing the things that are, God's mitzvah will still try to do them because they bring us joy and they bring God's joy. And even when God's away, because we love God and we're searching after him, right, out of love, we'll still do the mitzvah, which is what he's trying to say here. And, and I, so I, I bless us all, according to the Reishi Chochma here, uh, and he's obviously going to go way deeper into this, right? He didn't really bring in any mystical notions here, mostly just for, this is... This, um, material from the Talmud and Midrash, but he's really going to go deeply in into the mystical world and to Kabbalah uh, and what the Zohar says about this, which is going to be uh, really exciting. I, the Shara is, is so beautiful. This, this, I can't tell you how amazing this stuff is going to get. It's going to get so amazing. Um, but I bless us all. Can you own may it be God's will that we truly learn to be gardeners who love God and also respect our and awe of God and that we take care of the garden we till the garden we we make god all the beautiful things and we do this by reminding ourselves over and over again every day with the, the simple mitzvot to love the lord your god to really remind yourselves even more than five times ten times fifteen times twice, as many times as you can that we should love the lord your god and make reminders make real reminders whether they be the actual mitzvot yes i, I pray for a time when Kenny wrote son that we all do the mitzvot like that. But regardless, that we all have reminders, that we set actual physical reminders for ourselves that we should love the Lord your God, that that is an imperative to our divine service. As Moshe Mikutsi says, that's the essence of the Torah, is to love the Lord your God. Uh, and that's a very, very important part. I hope everyone has a wonderful Shabbos, really has a joyous Shabbos, um, and we will learn again on either Monday or Tuesday, I'm not sure yet. But we will continue with the introduction on one of those days. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.